You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Dan McArdle loved high school because it was a holistic environment to be in. While his grades weren't the best, it wasn't the primary focus of his education. Dan's schooling was more about doing his best, making his opportunities count, and never giving up. But by far the biggest thing Dan learned during his education was that there's always more to someone than what they know academically. In this episode, Dan talks about how not being the most gifted student didn't stop him from enjoying school or prevent him from identifying career pathways that interested him. Dan, thank you very much for sitting down and having a chat. Let's go right back to your high school days. Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to St Kevin's College in Turak. I graduated in 1995 and started there in grade five. Right, went the whole way through pretty much. So exciting times for you. Did you enjoy it? It was great. Yeah, absolutely loved it. It was a real holistic experience. I loved the aspect of the friends that I've created through the school and and loved the school. So when you say a holistic experience, just explain that for me. What do you mean? My grades weren't fantastic and they weren't the primary focus of of the education. That was probably a combination of my parents' upbringing and the way they wanted to raise me and also the school's ethos. So it was a holistic approach. It was making the most of your opportunities giving your best efforts to everything that you do. It wasn't the TER that you achieved, it was what you made of the opportunities and what you did with those opportunities. What were some of the opportunities you were getting? Sport, heavily sport focused. Um, Education was was definitely a thing, but outdoor education, it was just opportunities to be involved in other things other than English and maths. So your parents weren't too concerned that uh, you were much more interested in sport as opposed to something where there's more of a career pathway like a like a maths or a English, as you just mentioned. Not really, not that I can recall. I don't I don't ever remember them sitting me down and laying down the law of the education. It was all about what are you doing this week? What are you doing at school? Are you enjoying yourself? Are you active and involved in some element of the school? It wasn't ever about, did you get an A plus? It was all just about, how how are you going? What are you doing to make the most of the opportunities that you got? Was that similar for your friends as well? Or was there a bit more pressure from their parents placed upon them? Uh, I think it was probably similar from their perspective as well. Uh, St Kevin's is on Haynton train station. So back in the day in the 90s, we felt like we had a a range of different students. I came from the Bayside area. There was um, kids from Glen Waverley. There was kids from Footscray and Essendon, western suburbs, um, northern suburbs. So it's a pretty diverse sort of, I mean, it's a private school, but it's a relatively diverse school in that regard and, and access to the train sort of gave people that accessibility. Um, so I don't ever recall my friends' parents ever putting undue pressure on them from, a, from an education perspective. So what does a normal day look like for you or did a normal day look like for you? Was it just sport the entire day or were there subjects that you did have to go and do that you didn't particularly like? So I always had to turn up to class. Got up early, caught the train into, caught the train into school, got, got to school early, you know, hung out with my friends for, the, for half an hour before school, went to school, um, went to the classes. Lunchtime, you could go to the gym for example, later in later in life, there was a gym down underneath the woodwork area, so you could do that. You go to the go to the footy oval, you play some sport during lunchtime, go back to class after school. Always catching catching the train with your friends back home. Yeah, so the, the, your, your average day was social. 
It was very, very social for me. Have you remained in contact with those friends from high school? I have, yeah. We probably had a core group of 20 or 30 friends and we have a WhatsApp group now where we still remain very close. We know you've obviously gone on to an industry or a career in construction. What about some of those friends that you've remained in contact with? Where have they ended up? A good friend of mine is in construction, did the same course as me. A couple of teachers, a couple of accountants. They're, you know, a whole diverse sort of range of industries. Looking back on your time when you were at high school, how did that shape you into the person you've become? I think I've developed a ability to understand that there's more to a person than what they know from an academic perspective. Being a good person is a, is a really important element. People enjoy working with good people. It's really important that when you're in, in the working world, that you're working with people that you, you enjoy working with. There's connections. In fact, once you're out of university, the academic aspects are almost secondary to the relationships that you build. School taught me to be involved and be engaged with different types of people. And it also taught me the quality and the importance of of friendships and connections. So do you think then there's too much pressure placed on students coming through now that they have to be academically successful in order to succeed in life? Absolutely, yeah. You get your TER. When do you ever get asked the question, what did you get in year 12? Other than applying for the university course, Your TER is really important if you have a direct linear path that you know and and you've been set on from an early age. But that's not everybody, and in fact, that's not the majority. So TER gives you a leg up. It gives you an opportunity to have choices, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It's one piece of the puzzle. Once you're at university, you can diversify and you can change courses and you can change structures as you develop as a person. You've obviously gone on to start a business. Uh, I would imagine you employ people within that business. Is that true to form for you as well? You don't even bother looking at a TER for a, a young grad coming through. It's, uh, there's other things that are much more important to you. Definitely, yeah. Not would not look so far back as the TER. I would confirm that they've completed the construction management course and I would get evidence of that. But beyond the confirmation that they've completed that course, there might be some some benefits to doing well in that course, obviously, the confirmation would be, have you done year 12? Have you completed the construction management course? So what are you looking for then when someone fronts up looking for a job? Uh, Well, we currently have a contract administrator who was a professional golfer for 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. He was a very um, successful professional golfer, beat Tiger Woods, he keeps telling me. He is continuing his studies. He hasn't actually finished his construction management degree. Um, He's been with us for two years and he's finishing his studies while he's with us. He's a mature age um, contract administrator, competent person, really personable, really knowledgeable and holistically smart, looking for people who can engage with a a wide range of of individuals. So it's more about soft skills then? Yeah, definitely. And would you you say communication is the most important or is it resilience? What are your favourites? Listening is really, really important and knowing the the skills that others can bring to you in relevant to construction terms. You know, you can do a construction and structures unit one and unit two. That doesn't mean that you know more than a, than a steel rigger who's been doing his job for 30 years. It doesn't mean that you know concrete better than, than a concreter who's, who does it every day. So if your default 
position is one of listening, then that's a really important soft skill to have. At what point at high school then did you realise you wanted a career in construction? I was quite sporty, so I was focused on on human movement and I was focused on biology and, and potentially other, other pathways. But but there was an inkling there that uh, that building was something that I would enjoy. I did woodworking for Year 12 and I really enjoyed that subject. So it was not so much a case of during Year 12 when I was you know 17 years old that I knew that I wanted to be in construction, uh, but there was an inkling. It was one of a few pathways that I was I was considering. What about your parents? What careers did they have? Or was it aligned to construction or was there anyone within your, your family or circle of friends who went down that path or was it just something that came up for you individually? My dad was a solicitor. He was, I think at the time, the only person who gave out liquor licences to pubs, so he was quite sociable. And popular, yeah. And popular. I'm the only sibling that he remembers the, the birth date of because it was the day you had to renew your liquor licence. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so he, he was sociable. Um, but no interest in, in building. We had good family friends. Uh, one of them became a, or did the construction management course while I was growing up, so that was of interest. My grandfather was a handy person. He ran the Shell service station at Essendon Airport back in the 50s and 60s, Fox Lane Motors. So he was a mechanically minded guy, not building, but quite aligned really in thinking. There was no true direction to the building industry for me. That's interesting because you applied for university and you got in and you deferred straight away. Is that because you weren't 100% sure it's what you wanted to do? Absolutely, yeah. So I I didn't want to rush into something that I wasn't 100% committed to. I I wanted to secure a place. I wanted to make sure that I had a placement at, at university, but there was no need to rush. There was no need to go and, and do a year or, or, or do a course that I wasn't going to be committed to. So I wanted to, so I wanted to sort of find what my passion was outside of recreational sport. How did you do that? I had plenty of jobs. So that, that year I worked with a few builders as a builder's labourer, you know, did six months with a few different builders. Uh, my first day with one of them, I was told to go and clean up the ceiling uh, of all the rubbish and debris just before we started sort of the main work. And I, I remember I walked into the ceiling and put my foot straight, straight through it and landed on the, uh, on the owner's living room, living room table. I'm sure they were impressed with that. I'm very impressed. I think it was the only, the only ceiling we weren't supposed to demolish. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I just I got some experiences. was a barman for a, a couple, of, couple of pubs, talking, conversing with different people. Work at Albert Park Golf Driving Range. Uh, I did some landscape work. So I was just getting a feel for things. And how did you realise that construction was a career path for you? I started to gain an interest and I started to enjoy the people that I was working with. I enjoyed the fact that there was a, a builder or a project manager who was involved with and talking with a, a labourer and a, um, a carpenter and an electrician and a plumber and, and all these sort of different types of individuals were all coming together to produce this one project, this one one build. So. I started to just like the, the process that building was. And then you start to get a, a, a small, remembering you're, you're 18, 19 years old, you're, you're still very green. So you, you just look for little inclinations of interests. So yeah, so I just start, started to find them and um, started to enjoy the camaraderie and the, and the work environment. 
So at that point, you decided it's the right time for you to go to university, to go back to it and actually complete a course. You had to pack up your bags and move down to Geelong, that's right? It was, yep. How did you feel about that, being a city boy, moving away from family and friends? Loved it. Loved getting away from home and being independent. What are some of the things that they were teaching in that course? Construction and structures, contract administration, land surveying, just the basic principles of building. Must have been an interesting time for you though, Dan, because you were down there studying in Geelong, but you're also playing footy down here in Melbourne for Sandringham. So I would imagine that would mean you'd be driving up to the Sandy region to train a couple of times during the week. Did you get tired? Did you get exhausted, frustrated doing all of that? No, I think it was just all part of the, all part of my upbringing and all, all part of learning who I was and, and what I wanted to do. So it was uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday training, then the weekend's game but then get back to Geelong as soon as possible and go to the classes. And that didn't impact your study at all? I don't think it impacted my studies because I gave to it what I felt was, was appropriate. And my thoughts on, on growing up, it's all about a, a holistic sort of experience. So don't kill yourself trying to do 20 hours a, a day of um, study. What did you learn in that elite environment that was uh, applicable to your study and perhaps later on in life as well about how you applied yourself? Focus and attention to the goal, I think, is really important. A good example of what I learnt and, and also what my, probably what my, my brother went through, my brother was uh, an Olympic rower. He repeated Year 12 because he wasn't necessarily focused on the academics. Uh, he uh, went to the Barcelona Olympics in 1992 so was an elite athlete. And then after a few years of that, he decided to apply himself. So I bring him up because he's now a principal partner at a large accounting firm. And I think what I learned from my sporting experiences and from just overall experiences is that if you apply yourself to anything, then you typically are going to be successful and you learn to apply yourself. You're forced to apply yourself in that sort of environment. So how does your degree open career pathways for you? Well, the typical pathway is a tier one builder. So the, the dream of most construction management graduates is to go to a multiplex or to a lend lease or to a, a large tier one builder. But there's other pathways. There's building in Melbourne in Australia is such a significant in industry. There's so many diverse and different pathways that you can take in the, in, in the building industry. And was there a clear pathway for you? You always knew once you started studying where you wanted to go or you're still open at this point as to what your opportunity might be? I was open. I had, I had some work experience at Multiplex, which was fantastic. You know, you start, start to see the layers of the construction process. I kind of realised that my pathway wasn't a large construction company. So through my work experience, definitely keen to get into a building company but it didn't necessarily have to be that large construction company. I found my path through applying for a number of building companies, um, opened up the yellow pages and looked through the list and applied for you know, 100 building companies, eventually found one in a company called J.A. Dodd. So what advice would you give to students coming through about entering the workforce and preparing themselves to be ready for it? I would say be, be open to all different types of opportunities. I would say get out there and spruik yourself, you know, make yourself known. Nobody knows a secret. So, you know, let people know who you are. So how would you do that? Well, back in my day, it was writing letters and it was making phone calls. And technology's amazing, but there's nothing more powerful than a phone call or a face-to-face -face meeting. 
So if you want to work for Multiplex or Lend Lease, go and knock on their front door and say, hi, this is me. I'm in my third year at university. I know who you are and I'm interested in who you are and I want to work for you. Have you got a position for me? That would be the number one thing to do. And probably most companies would give you an opportunity because you're being forward, you're showing initiative. Great advice, Dan. Well, stay right where you are because we're going to talk to you about your career in our next episode. Okay, great. Dan opened up the Yellow Pages, that would be search engines today, to find jobs to apply for after his study. Dan has always had initiative and drive, and that's what gave him the confidence to put himself out there and make himself employable. In our next episode, Dan explains what happened after he made those phone calls. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production.